ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to bring to you Wisdom, 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 Season 1, Episode 14, Renditions of Reality. Welcome everyone to episode 14 of season one of the Juggalo Rewind podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Peter. And then my other host, co-host, if you will, he's not a co-host. He's top billing. We're, we're both hosts. His name is Chris. He's re- remote. What's going on? I said we're going to on? the monsoon of the Juggalo world. <laughs> Can you imagine if we got to sit on a stage like prime time? Oh man. One day. We'll get a banana phone. We'll be doing everything like primetime. That's why all of you people out there need to give us nice, good reviews and shares so we can get our primetime studio kicking. But not so famous that we have a uh, a live show because our buddy Andrew says that all live <laughs> podcasts are terrible. <laughs> I feel like a live podcast is fine for like the time if you're there, but like listening to it, yeah. I don't think they translate well to you know, when you're listening to that yeah, the next day. I agree. It's give or take, depending on how it goes and how the crowd is. You know, if if the crowd is quiet, I think it's okay. If there's like minimal interaction. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if they're just like, I mean, we're talking because we listen to mostly wrestling podcasts. If you're taking the fans at a wrestling show who are already pretty much annoying pieces of shit <laughs> and you're putting them like in that arena where like you're right. trying to get the best audio possible, it's not great. It, it, it makes for a, a tough tough thing to do i was at that live pal cast that uh shaggy and the creep didn't oh yeah (laughs) it was so much like background chatter and noise and people not paying attention i can't imagine how that translated maybe they had it kind of drowned out but yeah it was fun for being there i don't know how it translated listening to it yeah did they actually put that out as an episode i didn't yeah it was it was live while we were there well, yeah, it's live when you're there. No, no shit. No, like it was live uh, online. Oh, like you, you watch YouTube as oh, it was going on. My God. I wonder if they put like, if they made the MP3, you know, the audio and put it out as a. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Whatever. I think all their stuff. I think that's just on YouTube. I don't know. I don't know how yeah, their, I, their show is. I can't follow their stuff. That's that's for our buddy Nick. He's the one who's the the pal cast expert. We are not. We're an expert in uh, media of yesteryear and albums that came out 20 years ago. And Juggalo archivists. <laughs> we need to start keeping a tab of all the things that we are. Uh, <laughs> archivists, elite, um, historians. Historians uh, a good one. Well, uh, that's we'll like when you watch time. like uh, like A and E or something has those documentaries. <laughs> and it's like wrestling historian is just some asshole. Like yeah. That's what we are. Like, we're, just, we're just some juggalo assholes who like to, you know, if we were on a documentary, they'd be like, juggalo historian. I like expert, where it's just like alligator expert or, you know, <laughs> yeah. ghost expert. Like, yeah, how asshole, do you confirm you're that a, you're one of those? You get asked to be on an A&E documentary or a vice show, and you're <laughs> clearly an one. expert. Put that on the list of things that we want to accomplish in our lives is be interviewed and be juggalo experts. Dark side of the Juggalo realm. We'll make that documentary series. All right. Just you add all of these to the tab on the Google sheet and I will run down quickly what we're all about. Um, obviously, you're listening to us. You know that we are the Juggalo Rewind podcast. We go back and 
talk about a, an album, song by song, and take you along on that fun little journey. Uh, you can find us on the social medias at Juggalo RWD. That's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, we're on YouTube, thanks to Chris. Uh, thank you, Chris. Everyone thanks you. Someone did comment on one of them discussing, uh, uh, which song was it? I did see I that. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, we're going to have to note that on the, the wrap-up. Uh, I forget. Well, yeah, I forget what he said, but it was it was worthwhile. We'll add that to the list of things to talk about later. Uh, you can email us juggalorwd at gmail dot com. You can find us uh, on the phone. Pick up that phone. It's not just for surfing the internet and jerking your boy in the bathroom. It's uh, actually for calling. So find that little keypad and dial 810-666-1570. Leave us a nice little message. Maybe we'll, you know, answer some questions later on. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll do something there. Maybe we'll leave you a little present if you call at the right time and you'll get some, some news like the old days. A little teaser. You never know. Sometimes I get bored and I just want to put something funny on there. So give us a call. And then, obviously, you're listening wherever you're listening, and keep doing that, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Podbean, Google. Give us a rate review if you can, and uh, keep on downloading and get those views up. We, we like the downloads. We like the reviews. You have any uh, any other cleanup work here? Any other banter we have? Or oh, I don't we, think so. Uh, I think you touched, you touched on it all. You're very, yeah, I think we, we bantered a lot before we even got there. About the shitty wrestling fans and live podcasts. <laughs> Coming next year at Camp Zool 2, Chris and Peter do a live Juggalo Rewind. Man, did you see some of that Camp Zool? It cool. It was like, uh, it was like a little western town. Something. Yeah, the, the sign was real cool. Like, it was very, like, sleepaway camp or Friday the 13th. <laughs> yeah. Like, just very bad, campy. I mean, it looked um, it looked cold movie. as hell. I admit that I seen like there's like a, a smattering of tents like people actually camped there, and I'm like, fuck, oh, they had to be so God. so cold. But like the it was just like a little strip of like this. Um, they should do it at Greenfield Village next year. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like these little old timey uh, like little general store and bar and all this. They had like an old church which they turned into the Church of Zool, which I felt a little uncomfortable if I walked in there. I felt like I'd have to go to a real church get like exercise, but super cool. I'm down. We should go next year. <laughs> Yeah, let's uh, try to get them to do it somewhere warmer and not in the middle of fucking winter. And we'll set up shop in one of those little little barns. People can come in and talk to us. That's a good idea. We'll have like, um, man, what's an old timey version of like somewhere where you can talk? Like not a obviously not a radio station, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah we, we could set something. We'd be up like, like a, that. <laughs> we'd be like a, the medicine man. You know, sold medicine. We'd just be standing up there. <laughs> Preaching the book of Zool to everybody. <laughs> we'll have uh, we like carnival barkers, and we'll yeah. just have some microphones. We'll just have big, uh, you know, those big what do you call it? Like the cones. What, 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 what am I talking? <laughs> yeah, What's the word? Yeah. Uh, Mega, uh, not megaphone. I was no, talking yeah. about like kind of like the old uh, cheerleaders and you know football would have, and you only do. We got this. We got this under control. <laughs> call us up, Zool. We know where your home is with us. I mean, if you, you uh, remember us. You, uh, yeah, you've, you've been their handler a few years at Astronomicon. I think you got them under control. 
<laughs> Come to Astronomicon, one and all, and see me tear my hair out as I try to wrangle those three <laughs> assholes. <laughs> and every every year you get them at the very first day, the very first hour. So you're on you're in charge of keeping them on track to make sure the time doesn't get fucked up for the whole weekend. Oh man, that's <laughs> definitely a great way to start the weekend. Uh, <laughs> if you, the listener, are listening to this as we drop it, I believe Astronomicon Five info is about to come out here and uh maybe the next week or so so yeah you never know i don't know when or where it's going to be we have our speculations but i'm sure we will be there in some form or capacity so that's good (laughs) come see me just out of my mind crazy trying to do horror (laughs) trivia with alazul maybe we'll do something live with uh with us with uh, the rewind hopefully nice All right, Uh, let's get into the song. We are episode 14, as we said. We are here for Renditions of Reality. Very good track. We're going to get into this a little later on, but I I already know where this is all going. Producer on this track, Scott the Man Sumner. As we close out the the most tasteless here, I think we've, we've got a clear MVP candidate in Scott Sumner. (laughs) <laughs> Forget Madrox versus Monoxide. This is the Sumner versus Mike Clark show. I'm sure we'll talk about this a little later, but the timeline of this has Scott Sumner written all over it, but I don't know. There's a little weirdness going on there, but we'll get into that later on. That's not a worry. Just know that Scott Sumner got his name on this track, got paid, and is now living in infamy. Well, thanks thanks to this podcast. Two of, the, two of those three are true. I don't know about the, one of them. <laughs> We're working <laughs> two, on the infamy. Two, two truths and a lie. <laughs> Which one was the lie? I completely uh, overlooked the, <laughs> that was the real lie. <laughs> uh, time on this track on the original Most Tasteless album. Nine minutes and 39 seconds. Quite the uh, long track there, wouldn't you say? Yeah, but that's uh, I don't think that's technically the full track length. We're... Uh... Okay. Yeah, yeah, there's a little, little, little kabuki-ish there, as they say in the business. <laughs> yeah, uh, even, even, well, even if you take the kabuki out, it's still a long track. It is. <laughs> that is true. And we will, uh, if you know, then you will also be aware of what we're probably going to do on this episode. So stay tuned, if you will, if you understand. Nine minutes, 39 seconds on the original. The actual song, I believe, clocks in at five minutes and 15 seconds. Still pretty long boy there. Mm-hmm. Track number, as we said, this is episode 14. This is the last song on the original Most Tasteless album. It's also the last track on the reissue, but it's bumped up to number 13. It closes out both albums, I think, pretty well. So the, re- uh, yeah, the reissue, you get one less track, but you don't have two uh, you know, filler tracks with Smoke Break, so you technically have one extra track on the national one, if you look at it that way. Is that how you do the math? That's your yep. album math? That's All my right. Scott Steiner album math. <laughs> if you get 66 and two-thirds chance of <laughs> listening to this, but one-fifth of it is not on Spotify, then you get 133% chance of listening to Most Tasteless. We've got a lot of wrestling talk so far. What's going yeah, on here? I don't know. If you enjoy the wrestling talk, go look for the 20 by 20 pod, who also has us bantering, ironically, about Juggalo stuff there. and We banter about wrestling stuff here. So That's how it goes. It's a nice companion piece. It's not on the demo. They didn't play it on the House of Horrors tour, so those are 
easy ones because obviously, or this was, well, not obviously, but we'll get into the history of it, but it wasn't presented to Psychopathic uh, at that time. So came a little later. Mm-hmm. There is a history to the track, but I think we should wait for that till afterwards. Are you in agreement with that? Are you okay? With yeah, the, that makes sense. Cause... Going that direction? Sometimes I like going chronologically, but on this one, I think I want to jump around a little bit. So, we're jumping right into the lyrical deep dive. Are you ready? Do you have your genius.com up and ready to go? I'm strapped in, locked and loaded. <laughs> are you... Using your A to Z lyrics today, or what? What <laughs> shitty website are you? No, I, I'm rocking? sticking to genius. I'm sticking to genius. I, I actually didn't check A to Z and how bad they butchered it. So <laughs> there's a couple of mistakes in the genius one I noticed, but that's. Okay. I was gonna say there's a few things that uh, I wasn't sure what they said, and I'm like, I don't believe that's what it is. So we'll get to it <laughs> as you get through this. Yeah, we'll just ignore those and pretend like we know what we're talking about. <laughs> okay, uh, renditions of reality starts with. I mean, a, a pretty nice size little instrumental intro kind of sets the mood, right? That's Oh, yeah. It kicks you well, into that um, uh, closing track, which I feel like this is the era where they kind of start getting into, you know, that sound of a closing track. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Let's just, I was going to bring this up before. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'll just, I'll go into it right now, now that we've brought it up. Psychopathic had a good history there, a good little run of having a very good song at the last track on the album right i mean off the top of my head you had like i'm coming home um uh nothing's left what was the last one on malenko i, I can't um, pass ever me by. pass me by like there's a very specific type of sound right like a, a good song is somber we call, you know we call it a ballad but they're not really ballads they're all, yeah they're slower they're more uh I guess deep, you would say, in what they're yeah, the juggalo ballad. That's yeah. a good. I'm down with that. Twisted obviously did it here, and I don't know if off the top of my head, I don't know if they always did that for House of Crazies albums or if they kind of just picked it up here. Um, no, I don't think House of Crazies ever had that kind of had that know, type. Vibe. But yeah, it's definitely a ending of the CD mood. And back in the day. Uh, I distinctly remember our buddy Rex, who was on an earlier episode with us, we would always say, whether it was a psychopathic album or a CD that he was making or just any record, we would call the last track the Renditions of Reality track. So (laughs) it's funny that none of the other ones stuck, but this one just stuck a chord with that's how you end a CD. You know, like we talked about CDs have... uh, you know, the weed song and the hip hop song and the fight song and the whatever song, like you're very formulaic and right. how you build a, a, an album. We would always call that slow, deep song at the end, the renditions of reality. So talk about skipping ahead and like an everlasting point or, you know, indent into the culture or your lives. That's it for us. It was for me and Rex, it was for sure that, you know, yeah, and I'm, this is how you end a CD. I'm coming home, which came before this. It was that was, I guess it's kind of had that vibe, the slower. But this one, I think, took it to another level on that. Where this and uh, "Pass Me By" were kind of they, you know, came out around the same time. Both kind of had that. Took what I, I'm coming home had and punched it up to. Uh, all right, we got a formula here. That's how we close our albums. Right. I, maybe a lesser person would call them like emo, but yeah. I, I kind of hate that term. But like it is. 
we'll just say that they're deeper lyrics and like more thought provoking or what have you. So, and just a twisted in general becomes something they dabble in a lot more as a oh, a we'll, we'll get into that. Don't you worry. All right. So now that we got that out of the way, let's uh, jump into this first verse here, which is abnormally long. My God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Usually we will go person by person. So uh, Jamie Madrox starts off the song uh, with a very long <laughs> verse. What do you have going on here? I always kind of take over. Do you have anything uh, you want to discuss about Jamie's first verse here? No, nothing. This really jumps out. Um, um. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> this has been the uh, Juggalo Rewind, uh, Twitter and Instagram at Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> that, this his second verse gets a little bit more personal and more uh, telling kind of the same story that Monoxide does. Maybe this one just kind of sets the uh, sets the stage for kind of the, the theme of like loss, losing people. Where this one's more uh, it's talking about scandalous, shifty people, things like that, evil, you know. But I feel like it doesn't it doesn't have the same vibe as uh, his second verse in Monoxide oh, for sure. when it comes to that. Agreed. Or they're um, telling. So the two notes that I wrote down here, because I actually did some actual work today on here, my first note is people are shitty. And I think that's kind of what he's going with here that, you know, like uh, uh, a lot of like quote unquote player hater talk in this yeah. verse. Um, I think he's just kind of saying, you know, everyone is just that people are shitty and they they're fake and it's. Uh, the line that I got a lot out of here, uh, player hating is an art of a scandalous and shifty person. Some do it oh so well, and I'll be damned if they don't rehearse it. People are so shitty, and it's so natural to them that it's almost like they rehearse being that crappy of a person. I just right. <laughs> I thought that was funny when I read it. As a kid, um, right. as a kid listening to this and like setting the stage for Twisted, especially on Freak Show, when it comes to the. Uh, outsider us versus them that i'm not a people person truth is i can't stand too many people that like when you're a you know teenager angry at everything that one like really hit you <laughs> were you an angry teenager no no everyone had everyone pretended to be when they're you know 14 15 <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hear more about angry teenage angst listen to the roach coach podcast <laughs> where that's all they talk about is how everyone in our generation listen to uh Oh yeah, angsty head rock, fake, head fake, especially suburban white kids who <laughs> had like minimal problems. They said like make sure they got angry listening to. Um, <laughs> yeah, we called it emo, emo. Uh, what was that? The um, rap rock stuff that they discuss. Um, new metal, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So twisted in this one, this album not so much, but that line sticks out, and then that makes you think of Freak Show where they go full blown like that uh, outsider. Just- us versus them kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So that line to me always stuck out. <clears throat> I also, uh, putting a couple things together here, I started to put this together as I read the lyrics, but we also found a clip of an interview that Jamie Madrox gave with Real Juggalos way back in the day. He talks about how this song is kind of a slap in the face to people who thought that all Twisted was about was like killing and dead and evil and just like bullshit and how they wrote this song to kind of show that they can talk about quote unquote reality. And I wrote that down before I even read that clip from him that they really do. 
I guess they mention it in every verse, right? It, whether it's short or it's an entire line, they talk about reality and slipping into reality. So, like, I took that as they know that they have a gimmick and it's about all this other, you know, stupid bullshit, whether it's zombies, clowns, mm-hmm. horror movies. But then when you close your eyes, like at the end of the day, I, I think there's once or twice where they talk about like singing at them on the microphone. Like once they're off the microphone, they're normal people and they have normal problems. And this is them rapping about, you know, shit that everyone goes through. And mm-hmm. he said that in that quote, um, I just wrote down, uh, stale shit that people go through but he that was pretty much the the gist of what he was saying that they just wanted to encapsulate stuff that everyone goes through and not mm-hmm. you know fantasy horrorcore rap rock that you know most of the other cds talk about so right i don't know it, 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 when i was a kid yeah for sure i didn't realize that's what they were talking about i'm just like yeah renditions of reality it's just the name of a song but i think they're really talking about Slipping into their other persona is is what the song is truly all about. Yeah, Twisted's uh, the way they escape from all this uh, the the bull non, the bullshit in life that they're especially this first part of Madrox is going through. Like you said, just the interactions with assholes in the streets, uh, even yeah. like, you know fa- family members that you got to keep your eye on and things like that. And I wonder. Talk, oh, go ahead. I was to say, talk about a. Uh, a little foreshadowing, maybe, with that whole uh, watching the ones you're close to. We don't like Jeez, to do no, too deep great. into that, but you know. <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, he also drops a line that we can't repeat here. We've talked about that in past episodes, so yeah. If we you carry wanna, on, we we've kind of glossed over it. If you haven't, you know, listened straight through the whole thing, we get deep into that on uh, "Die Motherfucker Die," right? Is where we kind of I believe discuss, so discuss that and go into depth on the whole ordeal. So. No need to yeah. rehash it again. But if you want to, if you haven't listened to that, go back. That's kind of where we get into that. Yeah, if you're not listening to us straight through, you should go back and listen to the episodes that you haven't listened to. Just because you don't think you're going to like a song doesn't mean you're going to not like an episode. So, so are we done with Jamie Madrox for now? I believe so. All right, you don't want to talk about his deck again, or you just want to let that go. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up this episode. You, there's nothing in here. <laughs> there's nothing in here about it. So, uh, no, it like it's a fucking character in the Juggalo <laughs> lore, the <laughs> canon. Maybe that's why he's so depressed in his first verse. <laughs> <laughs> the player haters are hating on the. Yeah, okay. Anyway, go ahead. So we we go into the hook. We'll dissect this and, and debate it a little later. Uh, for as fire as this song is, I think this hook is terrible. Uh, oh, I don't mind it. It's just Jay talking. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, oh, uh, also, depending on what, uh, which version you're looking at on your genius.com, it may read a little different, but. We're not going to spoil that. We're going to get to that in a minute. But the Violent J version on the uh, original Most Tasteless, I can kind of do without. I see. I like his hook better than uh, Madras. What? Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, we're going to be fighting in about five minutes. Just, 
<laughs> Hold on to that. He's got, he's right. got a singing voice. He's like Eddie Vedder, only better. Wow. <laughs> uh, the one thing I will say that when you, and this is from us being fans and I think just smart, normal people and not actual like artists, because I'm sure a real rapper or a singer would tear this apart. But like, if you're just a straight solo rapper or you have a group like Twisted, when you have a hook, if you just have your voice and then your voice doing the hook and then your next verse, it does get a little monotone. Like unless you're changing it somehow, you know, you're doubling it up or changing the beat or making it different. It is a little, it's not as good as if you have someone else, another voice doing it. So I get maybe why they had Jay or why Jay suggested that he, uh, kind of plug in, and do the hook for them. So psychopathic was always good at, um, yeah, putting a different voice in or like layering it up, making it kind of a big sing song, you know, crowd type. Their hooks, I feel like, always stood out for that. Like you said, switching it up, not just your typical rap song where you're, you know, is it hooks just a way to get from one verse to the next? Yeah, that's the mark of a bad local rapper is just doing a verse and then a hook in the exact same like tone and yeah. you don't change the beat at all. Like that's bad. Like you can tell you're just from that if you've got the chops or if you don't give a shit about your art. I mean, you've seen plenty of local shows and you know, especially when you're seeing them live for a show and you're listening. Like it, you could tell they're they're talented. Like. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't sound terrible, but it doesn't sound good. It's just there. And like you complete, by the time he gets to his next song, you completely forgot what he even was singing about or they were singing about or, yeah. you know, uh, I've seen that plenty of times where, especially like I said, local, smaller rapper, something's got to make it stand out. It's going to be a gimmick or, uh, yeah, you're going to do something different with the hook or something. There. Yeah. Your sound. Like I, now we're going off on a local Detroit hip hop <laughs> tangent, but in our era, which I'll call like the early 2000s, mm -hmm. um, the people who stuck out minus one had like insanely good production. Like if you listen to Hush's album, uh, Roses and Razorblades, for that time, yeah. the production value, he must have put 10 times as much money as other people did into making that CD, mastering it, making sure it was clear. Like... It just, it pops. 20 years later, it still pops. Gordy's first CD, The Entity, pops. Yeah, well, um, yeah but like, and... How much has Gordy put out since then that you just don't even think about? It? But that first one was so damn good. And, yeah. Yeah, stuck uh, out. Sir, you are a joke. Could take it, no punchlines. Listen to the rhymes you wrote, waiting on the punchlines. I'm murdering this nigga, merciless with scriptures. Turn this trick against some server with your verses, nigga. Kill him. My hunger pains got my insides eating itself. And it's, I, I think part of it was the production value. You know, if, sure. if you brought that home, brought home that CD and it sounded like you made it in your basement on Pro Tools or whatever, and you're just rapping into that shitty little microphone on your <laughs> parents' desktop, like, it sounds like it and it's like eh. it doesn't matter how live you are in concert or how many people you have on your shows those two cds definitely in particular from that era i think uh, still hold up on the the production value so for sure i don't know how we got off on that tangent that psychopathic <laughs> was always good at that i guess was the and good at like we were discussing the hook kind of being there and just 
abridged between the things. But yeah, we were saying how psychopathic was always good at, and it came down to a J doing the hook on here that they're going to putting a different voice or like layering the voices or, you know, doing something different with the hook than just I agree. You know, the artist going from one to the next. All right. Going to the next artist, we have uh, the monoxide child on verse number two. I think this is the, the fire verse uh, of the song. Uh, mm-hmm. There's not like, you know, there's not one liners. There's nothing that like crazy sticks out, but he's just talking frankly about everyone around him dying and, you know, the problems that come with that, whether, you know, people getting murdered on the corner, whether someone's uh, committing suicide, uh, just the fact that he is here and everyone's kind of falling around him and the, the pressure and the, the sadness, for lack of a better word, that comes with that. And he literally just says, uh, well, he says it a couple of times that he just he gets high to, you know, just mellow out and think about the good times and remember the people who aren't there anymore. And that's that good. Um, skipping ahead the close out where he's like talking about visiting everyone in the sky, getting high, like that whole final Funnel a couple lines is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is very like a game we were discussing with Mandrax. This is them. It felt like, especially when you first heard it, it sounds like, oh, these are just the real guys. Like this is them, the dudes who grew up on the east side of Detroit and living through crazy times and stuff. That's how I always took this uh, when I first heard it. Yeah, I, I agree. This is their, like you always say, this is their real personas. This not the bullshit. It's uh, mm-hmm. what. I think a lot of people feel and I'm sure it's what they felt that I'd be curious if he had anyone in mind when he talks in this verse, like if there were very specific people that he lost and yeah, it feels like it's people they grew up with. But then again, it feels like it could just be um, like a hood movie like song, you know, like (laughs) you you get these lyrics and it sounds like a menace to society of boys in the hood, you know, (laughs) I agree. like they they grew up in Eastside Detroit, terrible time then. So, you know, imagine they probably had or at least new people that, you know, had went way too young. They're in their yeah, what, like they were, early twenties when this is written. Oh geez, uh, yeah. Without doing the math, probably. Oh, and, producer George is down here. Hello. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, go ahead. We're you're we're both kind of agreeing that this was the the fire lyric that stands out and. Um, Monoxide must have thought so too because it's basically the exact same lyrics that he had in Slipping <laughs> uh, Reality. Yes. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I agree with that, and that's another question I have uh, in a couple minutes here. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I think the, the one that I always kind of remember is that instead of Chevy's, my homie's rolling in the back of a hearse. It's kind of fucked up, but he's, uh, I mean, yeah, he's just saying that, you know, he's used to drive around with his buddies and then one day he's not there anymore so yeah as a as a psychopathic song this is the most realistic uh at the time i feel like telling us telling this type of story yeah of this era i can't i mean there were some i guess if we're comparing this to malenko there's like uh, some real ones in there but yeah they're definitely this is more fitting of like a carnival carnage era of like to me you know this if it feels like the old hood song as Carmel Carnage feels like old I, Southwest I, yeah. Detroit, you know, I know what you're saying. I'm just, I mean, like in reality, yeah. it's like 98 era. And then they're like mm-hmm. tapping into a real song. Like, um, how many times was kind of like an, 
not personal, but it was, you know, relatable stuff. Yeah, like real shit that is fucked up. So that's all I was saying. Jeez. Don't get hot (laughs) over there. I was agreeing. I was just just, just, uh, discussing. Well, you're getting hot. (laughs) You know what? I I, got going into the hook here. I never even like put it together that there's two different hooks. <laughs> like I've sang along to it and then know the lyrics and just never put two and two together that there's two different ones here. Uh, yeah, he's he talks very similarly, but he says different stuff, right? Yeah, it kind of rotates, right? So you got that, then you go back to the original hook. Then the, the first one overlapping the Madrox one at the end. I yeah. believe you're right. So yeah, let's dissect what Violin J says or not, because it's, <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. I, I think it's just kind of there, but you like it. So maybe other people. It's, uh, like it. uh, it's going back to the swirling in and out of, uh, like not wanting to be in reality, not wanting to deal with what's going on. That's what I took. Now, now how come on other songs you're like, <laughs> you're like uh this sucks live you can't do that verse live or you can't do that hook live it's not sing-songy enough but this one which is horrible live you're okay with you don't bring that up uh i didn't say if it's a if it was, if it's a good live track or not i just so i guess it. you didn't i'm just assuming <laughs> that you're so in love with that that you're gonna be like oh that's great oh uh, it's fine live because I the think hook? everyone knows the, not the, not the hook, just the song in general. Because everyone kind of sings oh, the whole song together. Uh, no, I'm the, I'm getting ahead of myself because I <laughs> yeah. have a bone to pick with you later on. So okay, all right. Uh, <clears throat> then we get into the third verse, which is split Madrox and Monoxide. Agreed. Is that where we're at in your uh, yeah. placement there? Okay, I don't want to yes, lose sir. you. Just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're in school, and it's like okay, everyone, we're on page four. We're Popcorn. on. <laughs> you read it now. <laughs> What? Did you do? Did you do that when you were a kid? No, I have yeah. no idea what you're talking about. Oh, you'd read read a book in school, you know, and you'd say popcorn, and you'd send to the, the next person in class to read their part. So you you always try to figure out how much you how little you'd want to read. You're like, all right, maybe do four or five lines and get out of this and popcorn it to someone else, and then you just pick someone in the class to read their part. I've Usually, you do it to a, a friend, or you do it to somebody you got a crush on. You know, that's what you would do back in the day. <laughs> No idea. Maybe it was a Catholic school thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. We, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. If, if you, the listener, played popcorn or whatever the fuck Chris is talking about, <laughs> let us know. But I'm totally you, you had to keep on your toes then because you never know who, when you're going to be called to read. So you had to make sure that kept you on your place. Did you call out you? So you said who you wanted to pick up. Yep. So the teacher would pick someone to start with. And then that person would say popcorn and they'd pick someone else in the class. And then that person would read for a little bit and then they'd pick someone else. So that's how you scattered it throughout the class. Why do you have to say pop? Why popcorn? I don't know. Cause it pops up to the next because person. It pops up. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Jamie's dick. <laughs> Jamie's dick. Oh, okay. Next. <laughs> 
anyways, uh, so now we get into Jamie's next verse. Right off the bat, keep it in your click, fuck the outsiders. That's the line of the whole song, right? I mean, if it's the vibe of uh, what we've been saying with the whole album, of the whole, yeah, us first yeah. And I feel like that line gets repeated to this day. And I didn't really put it together until I was doing a little bit of research here. I'm like, God, they say that somewhere else. Where is it? It's in the hook of Bury Me Alive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, where is that? And I finally Googled it. I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll be... Yeah, it's (laughs) right down the the road there. But uh, It's been, yeah, like I said, it's been a while since we listened to the reissue track, so... Yeah, it's (laughs) like, oh, yeah, there it is. But uh, that's... As soon as his verse kicks in, this is like... Not that his first verse wasn't good, but this is like banger Madrox verse, right? I mean, start oh, to sure. back. And I think, as you alluded to before, he talks about his father dying, which he's talked about in other songs, uh, notably Tearjerker. If you've never listened to his solo CD, Fatso, there's a whole song about it. But he kind of crams that whole song into one little you know, half a verse here, but... Basically, again, things that everyone goes through is, uh, you know, losing a parent. And he, uh, I don't know. It's it's a quick little tidbit here. But if you haven't listened to his solo CD, I definitely recommend you going and seeking that song out. And then um, you go back to the original version, Slipping Reality. He, it's kind of interesting to see that he, he, he you know, re- rewrote his lyrics. But his, he you know, mentions his father in that one, too. He's talking about... I drank to my pops peppermint schnapps. I'm feeling faded. And he goes well, a little why bit. do you have to skip around? Why can't you just stick to the stick to the format here? Well, because it fits. Fits. It's a, <laughs> just interestingly. He kept he kept that theme, but he rewrote it. That's all. Man, just saying. <laughs> Come on, pal. Stick to the format, pal. But, <laughs> well, we've done that before. We've uh, discussed the uh, first day out, both versions. Of I know, I know, but I didn't think that's what like we, that's not that's not what the pre-production meeting was all about. It feels applicable. <laughs> oh wow, applicable <laughs> is the, a four-syllable word that Garden City Public uh, High School popcorn reading taught you. That's how I. That's how I get you off of giving me heat. Is I just throw I throw a big word out there and. <laughs> Ooh, mm. off track. <laughs> big words, eh? Write that on the spreadsheet. <laughs> the big word tab. All right. So Madrox's verse, I think, is sweet. Uh, we get to Monoxide's verse, which I don't know. Like, I guess of the two, I, I like his first one better than this. And Madrox's, I like the second one better than the first. But this one is just kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's it's there, but it doesn't tell the same kind of story that he told in the first one. It's just, I don't know, a little bit of a downer for me. But well, same. I'm extremely confused with his first couple bars. Is he saying he seals fates and date rapes? Is that what he's saying? <laughs> I I walk around, nobody knows what I do. Sealing fates and date rapes. Um, I never, I never could tell what he was saying, like fully with sealing fates, but I mean, you definitely hear date rapes, and I'm like, what is he talking about? There? I wonder, is he trying to say? And I don't want to like read the whole thing, like I'm at a poetry slam here. Uh, <laughs> as my body transcends through this portal of life, uh, da 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 da. So grotesque, never stated on the microphone, so alone in this fucked up world. Like, I wonder if he's saying that 
in his raps, he's sealing fates, like he's killing people, mm-hmm. date rapes, smoking blunts, like doing all that shit. But then when he gets off the microphone and he's the real person is when like the real fucked up things really occur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't and know. Maybe uh, that's the only way I can justify that is that you think that what they're rapping about is fucked up, but the real fucked up stuff is real life. Yeah, maybe that may make sense. That's deep, man. Real deep. <laughs> yeah, this this one's a little bit more confusing than his first one in Madrox's. Both of Madrox's. This one feels more uh, abstract. Yes. Ooh, abstract. That's a good way, good way to put it. <laughs> and then we go into the final hook, which is uh, go back. Oh, sorry for um, monoxide. I feel like his uh, the ending of his verse stands out as something you kind of. Sing along if I can't live my life the way I want to live my life. I feel like we that, can, uh, <laughs> we couldn't get you singing the beat. Yeah. yeah, we couldn't. <laughs> so that's good enough for me. That was the Chris karaoke version of uh, this episode. I yeah, agree. That, that is like a, a it's different. Like he, he just raps his normal rap, and then that's. Not off key, but it's just it sounds different and everything's kind of. I always like when Monoxide does that. Um, he, he does it more so like he starts singing a little bit more further in the uh, in their career, but this kind of early version of that, and I feel like that stood out as everyone would sing it along. Like we're angry again, we'll die if we can't live the way we want to live. <laughs> I've noticed, and I don't know when else we're gonna get to talk about this. That you're right. Like so, he has that little sing songiness to him. And there was an era, let's call it like the middle of their run, that like he would just scream like in the most inappropriate places and like draw <laughs> out, you yeah. know, the the lines. And it's just like, oh, my God, like, what is he doing? But I've noticed because we recently saw them at Fright Fest. Uh, what year is this? 2021. And uh, <laughs> especially with the newer songs, like he's actually singing. Like, I wonder this is so what a stupid fucking question on my part. I wonder if he actually took singing lessons, like to sing rap, rock mm-hmm. songs. Because I noticed, I forget what song, was it Envy? It was one of the newer songs. Like just the way he like holds the microphone when he hits a high note, he like moves it out. Like he's fucking Steven Tyler or like Alanis Morissette. <laughs> like he's like Christina Aguilera. It, it, it is. Like yeah. it, I'm curious to see if that's just on those songs or if mm-hmm. he's, he always done it. Um, but yeah, I definitely noticed that he's got a little more rock in him when I always thought Jamie was like the rocker at heart. Like maybe it's Monoxide doing the the rock hooks on the last couple CDs and. Well, I, I always know. remember on, on Lotus when he's saying that uh, one part, the help me out. Like that, like, when I remember first hearing <laughs> that, it'd be like, oh shit, this is awesome. And like, I remember going to the in store, uh, going up to him and like, like, hey man, that shit was awesome. And he like, like, was generally like, oh sweet, like excited that someone, you know, said that. Like, you could tell he was into it. And like you said, maybe he went a little too overboard trying to like sing, you know, so many parts of songs and now kind of dialed it back. Maybe. Either, like you said, took lessons or at least, you know, practiced enough to be like, all right, this is how I need to do it. And these are the ones I should do. And so just throwing out like all sorts of parts of songs. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely gotten that down a lot better now. 
Like the, the one I always remember. What song is it? Where he goes like the competition dangling the chains. <laughs> like and it's so long and loud. It's like stop. Like you don't have to do that. Uh, it's not part or like he does it overlapping someone else's verse and. But yeah, all, now, yeah, when he's hyping up Madrox parts, he'll like draw it on as Madrox continues rapping. Yeah. <laughs> It yeah, got, it got but, out of hand a little bit, maybe, but yeah. yeah uh, a, last time we seen it, it wasn't too bad. No, it's I think it's just a learning thing, and it's crazy that they're learning that far into their careers. But they tried it, and I don't think it really worked. And now I think it's awesome how yeah. they do it. So, well, they've adapted so, their sound, so yeah, you know, you're experiment with different things. So they definitely so sound right. way different now than they did on this this track or with oh, yeah, for sure. Green Book or you know. Any of them, yeah. It's, that's that's they, a plus to them for sure. Are you are you done fucking blowing smoke up their ass? Are you ready to keep going? Are you? Uh... Yeah, let me talk about how sweet Jay is on this hook real quick. Like, oh, that, that's, just like it twisted. That's the Chris that I know. <laughs> Jay, sweet. Talk about a singer, man. <laughs> Jesus, who Eddie Vedder? <laughs> Only better. Uh, okay, enough. So, are you done with monoxide? Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. What do you uh? What did you pair today with the song? Well, what kind of uh beverage do you have over there? Uh, I just I just uh, poured a small whiskey neat just to have uh, something to sip on. <laughs> since this since this track says you know, um, pour out some liquor. I thought might as well have a little bit of liquor and toast to the the fallen homies of monoxide and Madrox. Is that what you're going to be drinking in your sorrow when Michigan loses to Ohio State? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> You're going to be pouring out a lot of liquor, probably out of your belly and your mouth and your butt. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no matter what happens that day, there'll be a few beverages had, happy or sad. <laughs> That's all that it's, it matters. It's all in good fun, right? Wrong or right, bad or good. You know, believe in me and I believe in you, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, that we didn't bring that well okay we're right there that's a very good tie-in so we're at the last hook where it's it, it's not all madrox it's a little bit of jay overlapping it right or is it all straight up madrox no you get the hook kicking in, and then madrox kind of rides out on it you know he does the like you just said the bad or good wrong or right yeah, I think Eyes are closed, head spin, and I don't know, and I don't know, and I don't know, and I don't know. <laughs> and I think that's sweet. Like I, I yeah. enjoy that part of the hook. But again, I know. It, well, we'll get into that in a couple minutes. But um, I like that part. I think he mentioned that uh, in that little clip. Uh, he says, as far as the message, I would have to say. United we stand, divided we fall. Believe in me and I'll believe in you and everything's tight. Because without hope, there's no future. And if you truly believe in yourself, nothing can stop you. So I think that kind of ties up the, you know, the, the thought process behind the song is that everyone's in this life together and you just kind of got to either talk about it or just realize that everyone's got the same shit going on. It's the, it's the first uh, glimpses of the family, as you'd say. <laughs> yes <laughs> it's one way to look at it <clears throat> so that is renditions of reality on the original and the reissue of most tasteless now you want to go backwards you want to go backwards before we go forwards oh we are the rewind so let's rewind even more let us go back to man i don't know what year 1996 1997 
as everyone knows, Twisted was part of the group House of Crazies, and they put out a C- album, not CD. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've said CD like 20 times already today. Uh, <laughs> this was on Head Trauma, right? Yes. Uh, so they have a track called Slip Into Reality, which is very similar to renditions of reality. ROC has the first verse, Madrox has the second verse, and then Monoxide has 99% of the exact same verse that he has in renditions. Um, yeah, just some small changes here and there. Yeah, just like little, I noted, like, uh, instead of murder mind state condition, he says mental mind state position. Um, just little shit like that. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing changes. And then the last line he changes, I think. But other than that, yeah, it's 99% the same. Yeah, dead or alive, reality check, we could do it on the outside. That's different ending to it. Yeah. Do you want to go through the other verses? I mean, ROC's verse kind of just going along the same line. So they had the same theory in mind. I think it's just about, and it's funny that he starts it with, you've slipped into reality. So again, every verse has something about that phrase. And I Mm -hmm. think it's slipping in and out of either you know, your normal life, whether it's music versus real life or just shit that bothers you that's deep inside. I mean, he touches a little bit on death too about, he doesn't say who the funeral is for, but that, you know, he lost someone and that he didn't cry about it until his aunt told him that he could. I think that's just another part of maybe growing up in that era or that part of town where you just had to be strong and not, you know, show any weakness. Um, Definitely a, a era thing with male dudes for sure. <laughs> male um, dudes. <laughs> male dude. Uh, he has the same, um, yeah, inner city street uh, stories too, for sure. But mm-hmm. monoxide, Madrox, tell on there. So it, yeah, that the theme is there with this. It's just a little bit more upbeat. The the song itself. Um, oh yeah, not, like the, not, the, not we, the lyrics or the the, the theme, but yeah, the, not, the not song upbeat. is not a. It doesn't have that ballad closer feel as we discuss. Yeah, I definitely in my notes I wrote faster flow because even yeah. monoxide is obviously redone. It's the same lyrics, but it's definitely at a different tempo because this flow is way faster. And then uh, there's, instead of a hook, they just have like these weird samples from like, I don't know if it's from a movie or a speech. Like I tried to look into it and I thought... Someone said one of the clips was from like either Menace or like one of those movies, but yeah, I couldn't. That was Menace of Society. I haven't seen that in quite a while, so yeah, I couldn't I place. Remember. There's like two or three like overlapped, you know, that I like one sounded like from like a stand up, and one was from like a movie, one was from a speech. I couldn't couldn't place any. You know, all we gotta do is kick. We gonna kick it in our hood. You know, what we gonna do? You know, the sit down thing. You really gonna get deep into it when one of your friends drops, just like one of my partners drops. Every time they see they're like, man, these people don't care about us, so we might as well just go ahead and keep biting each other. You killing me? I'm killing you. The beat has that classic ROC out, House of Crazy is the 
Like even when the hook kicks in, it's like the do do do. Like I don't know what that sample was from, but yeah, it's from. ROC always has some cool samples that make like make me want to like dig it up. Man, what is that from? Because that sounds so cool. Like he's he was great at that in that era of pulling these cool sounds from other old soul and (laughs) fuck albums. It seems right. And then uh, as you alluded to before, boy, sorry, spoiled (laughs) it. No spoilers. It's okay. Madrox, his verse here, very similar to the uh, renditions version, talks just about his father and uh, not as much. I mean, he talks about it a little bit and then goes into other stuff that, again, we've beat this dead horse a million times just about the fucked up parts of life. But he definitely touches on his father here. And then uh, I guess I'd be curious, you know, why? Did he think he had to redo his, but Monoxide didn't think he had to redo his? I don't think there's anything wrong with Jamie's verse. It's just interesting no, that he it. he totally went like, okay, I'm going to scrap that and start from scratch. And Monoxide's like, eh, I'm just going to, uh, you know, literally redo the exact same verse. His verse feels like they had that first part about his dad and grief and all that feels like his second verse in renditions. And then the second half of this, when he just talks about uh, life's full of technicalities, fucked up formalities, all that, it feels like the first verse where it's just talking about you know getting through life with all these people and you know daily, day to day stress things. So it almost feels like he took that song, took that first half, and split it, yeah, and wrote the yeah. wrote his second verse on renditions and took that second half of this and wrote the first verse of renditions. It almost feels like. The shit is getting clear. The government got us in focus. <laughs> Bill Clinton pushed the nuclear, pushed the button, nuclear hocus pocus. <laughs> they tried to provoke us with trees and fest us with disease. Is he trying to say that the government uh, is poisoning us? A little conspiracy theory uh, action on this one. Yeah, get out the, uh, <laughs> get out the tinfoil hat, Madrox. Jeez. <laughs> Maybe that's he, he didn't want to go full blown conspiracy on rendition, so he's like, hey, clean that up. <laughs> so, if uh, you're looking for that, uh, that original version is on House of Crisis Head Trauma. It also got re released. Magic Ninja put out Casket Cuts, which was, well, we talked about that earlier, I think, on the Murder, Murder, Murder episode, where it's basically a best of and some lost uh, versions of songs from mm-hmm. House of Crazies. I think one or two new ones, right? Uh, if I do yeah, I recall. Believe so. You can uh, still find that, I think, on CD and three colors of tape. So those are collector's items for sure. Um, so now that we've rewound, let's go forward. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Most Tasteless came out in 1998, as we all know, because we've listened to every episode here. In 2000, at the Gathering of the Juggalos, Cryptic Collection came out, and we like to joke that Shit just ended up on there for no particular reason. But I think this one uh, had a good purpose. So this ended up as a remix, quote unquote, on Crypto like Collection. Last, just like the last remix. <laughs> uh, um, so, the What the Fuck remix, right? Is that what the one they had? I dubbed? think so. The crispy version. Yeah. So both, both come across as just the demo versions. So, uh, okay, mm-hmm. let's get into it. Are, are you saying that you like the original or do you like this remix? Because I, I, I'll go. I, I think the remix is a hundred times better. I like the uh, 
the finished product on most tasteless. I like the you call it the original. I think this is the same thing as what the fuck. It's the original version, not cleaned up. Oh well, let's just uh, go to the book, as they say. <laughs> It'll uh, all be explained in the book. <laughs> note that as many times take a drink when chris says that on an episode (laughs) so the book says that it was recorded for the first pressing of most tasteless when this song was recorded madrox and monoxide made a personal mix for themselves with different breaks and louder piano just something to mellow out and get high to i i see what you're saying that they did this version brought it to the studio well, let's back up. They did this version with Scott Sumner. Uh, I would assume. Ah, fuck that. Let's go back even further. Is Scott Sumner getting the credit for it because he did the slip into reality? So he kind of got grandfathered into this. But no, I wonder if slip into reality me is uh, ROC. That's a that's definitely an ROC production. Uh, yeah, I, I guess now we're getting deep in the weeds there. Like, how much of House of Crazies did Sumner do, if any? Did yes, he only yeah, do me, Most Tasteless? Uh, I mean, if he did anything on House of Crazies, it was just just pushing the button to record. Like, all those all <laughs> wow. that production is all that production is ROC. I mean, he would, yeah. I think he would even say so. I guess you're right. So they brought this to Sumner. They put it together. At, I guess the timeline does line up that they did the song, Jamie did the hooks, they brought it to Psychopathic, and then they cleaned it up. The two notable things is taking Jamie off of the the hooks, mm-hmm. and then that piano is like way louder in uh, in the remix, quote unquote. But and um, I, I think it makes it more ballady. I, I like it. This version also has. If you listen like back to back, especially on Madrox, it has like a little echo or like effect on the voice on his voice, and it's it sounds like House of Crazy still. That's why I thought it was a the original version because that sound on his voice feels like Mr. Bones era. Like I don't know how to describe it, like a little echo or a little effect over it. Where I feel the 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 version on Most Tasteless doesn't have that sound. The voice is a lot cleaner. Wanna straddle me, but your haters wanna battle me. But I shed them all like calories. Prophecy preacher, lend your ear and I'll reach ya. And if you're willing to be taught, I'm a teacher. I'm not a people person. Truth is, I can't stand too many people. So many fake the fucking purpose. You think that that was just cleaner, or do you, are you insinuating that he re-recorded it? Uh, I just feel like they took off whatever that echo that or effect little, was. Yeah, effect on there because it it sounds like how his voice sounds on. House of Crazy is more so. Uh, I think I kind of know what you're talking about. You're talking his verses or just the hook or both? His verses, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I listen to him back to back, especially at the very beginning there, the uh, when it opens up with uh, "So you slip into reality, hoes want to straddle mm-hmm. me." Yeah, I feel like they they sound slightly different, and it the cryptic version kind of has a little echoey effect on the voice that reminds me of House of Crazies. That's why I thought it was uh, I would say the we call it the demo version, you know, the version they started with. Right. Well, okay. I I like the cryptic version better, but you're voting for the uh, yeah the original. That's fine. We can't all can't agree on everything. If that timeline played out 
uh, the way I th- I think it did. Uh, it, it's a good uh, this this track all all season we've discussed uh, the two halves of most tasteless and the you know House of Crazies blending into Twisted. I feel like all you line all three of these up, you have the slip into reality, which has you know some of the original lyrics, same theme. It has that ROC beat, more upbeat House of Crazy sound, and then the cryptic one gives you like I said. Slow down has like some of that House of Crazies effect, and then that third one I feel like is then you add Jay in the hook on that third one. It has like the full psychopathic. So to me, it's mm-hmm. you almost get that full the this thing we've said all season is like that transition from House of Crazies into the psychopathic act they become. I it's like it's a, pit- a, good, a good a good way to wrap that whole thing up as we've discussed all season. Yeah, it's like the evolution of man picture where it's like it just shows <laughs> Twisted going from old to new. The evolution of a juggalo. <laughs> Write it down. <sighs> All right. So we've done the lyrics. We've now gone through the history. I think we kind of touched on the uh, the everlasting lines and, and places in history, right? I mean, as you just said, it touches the past, the future. It references, uh, you know, other songs It talks about things that Madrox talks about in, in future CDs, so I, I, I think it's a nice little spoke in the wheel of the Juggalo history. Mm-hmm. Let's get right down to it. Rating this song on the CD, where do you put it? Uh, upper half. It's top top three to five, I would put it. I tend to agree with that. I, it's tough because it's really its own demon you know it's like so unlike all the other stuff it's right. hard to compare it to like secondhand smoke and and murder 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 but it's i agree if, if it's not the top three for me i don't know what it is yeah, yeah definitely in the top five i would i would maybe say the three behind uh secondhand smoke die motherfucker die yeah that's you're getting into esteemed talk when you're putting it yeah. up there but I agree. It's, it's. I feel like they don't really pull it out too much. We haven't seen them live a ton lately, but I feel like it's one that still is relevant, still is brought up, still maybe played. You know, doing a little bit of research, I feel like whether it's consistent or not, they do. They have had it at multiple points in their career. I saw it like mm-hmm. uh, 05 gathering, um, a couple different tours. I saw that they played it on, so it's. Whether it's a staple, it definitely has come and gone, and it's not just disappeared, so. All of my dogs can't die. This is the sky. I reminisce when I'm high. I'm never gonna lie. I got love for my peoples. Dead or alive, but we can smoke out in the ride. In my memory. We got a heat, and a good, all the right. Believe in me, and I'll believe in you with everything. I, yeah. I think it's a good live track too. You know, I I agree. It's worthy of of being a part of their live show for sure. You know, when they do the hook the right way and not the shitty way. Well, I think uh, I think that's about it. Oh no, we didn't talk about a. Uh, would you put this on your all time twisted CD? I think so. I think it would be my closing track. 
Oh, I'm glad that you uh, said that. So I alluded to this. We'll try to make this short and sweet. Uh, we both agreed that you know this is a top song on the CD, perhaps a top song of all time for Twisted. I went ahead and made a list of all of Twisted's songs that end their CDs. Uh, do you have that list in front of you, Chris, or do you want me to blow through it myself? Uh, you could blow through it. I don't have it pulled up. All right. So we said that kind of that's their thing, that they put real good tracks on the end, and they're you know a little deeper, um, just a different type of song. It's easy for us to say, like, oh, that's the best one they had. But just running through the list here, uh, I'm, the ones that I think are sweet, Renditions of Reality, I'm All Right, You're the Reason, Darkness, uh, Skip a Couple, Monster's Ball, I don't know if I really count that one, uh, Whoa, Whoa, Unwicked, All the Rest, uh, Li- Love Don't Live Here Anymore, uh, I Like Forget You, Long Road Home is Good, it's ridiculous how good their last tracks are on their albums. Yeah, there's not um, really any that uh, that that you would skip. You know, I think they're all. Yeah, there's a couple, and I like name the ones that I like. Um, there's a couple in there that I'm not like super attached to. Maybe someone else is, like uh, the argument or note to self, monstrosity. Like they're just they don't speak to me like the other ones do. But uh, mm-hmm. maybe someone else is attached to those. So. Just off the top of your head, do you think it's the best twisted ending track? Because that's hard for me. Like, right off the top of my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's good. But when you look at that list, if I had to make my own twisted mix CD and I had to have an ending track out of one of those, mm-hmm. I don't know which one I would pick, to be honest. it's Those are some of my favorites that they have of all time. True. Yeah, I think a lot of those would be ones I'd want to put on a, like you said, a mix CD for someone. That's tough. Oh, I dark, just get... darkness. Darkness was one, right? Yeah, I love darkness. Yeah. That that's the that's the one I feel like that's would give it a run for its money. Maybe <laughs> not a closing track, but whoa, whoa, whoa is a. Uh, that's great. I love that a great one too. slow ballady one. I just started kind of picking up on love. Don't live here anymore. That's a good I, one too. I, I like that one. They had um, a nice little run there, like. Oh, was that like late 2000s, early 10s, teens? Oh, God. God, we're so old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Wicked uh, and that one that Love Don't Live Here. What's that one? Uh, uh, that's on... Um, Heartbroken I just Homicidal or whatever? No, Heartbroken Homicidal has all the rest, which I also really like. Yeah, but the, all those, I feel like all those were in a, in a row. Um Oh yeah, right they kind of right before the Magic Ninja run, like all they closed out on some banger albums there. Yeah, that was right at the end of the psychopathic run because I think. Oh, is that Abominations? Love don't live here anymore. Mm. I think so. Right, yeah. So yeah, that's right in the. Those the are the three, though, right? Abominations, Wicked, and Heartbroken Homicide. Like they're all final three, three are back to back. Yeah. Yeah, Which, the psychopathic run. I think not a lot of people love all those, but I. I kind of do. That's a yeah, good era for me. I'm down with that era. So, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. We're talking about this being on your all-time CD. I want to put it there. 
But goddamn, I can make a whole CD of just those ending tracks too. So it's, <laughs> which now we have a playlist for everyone to dive into. Yeah, I'll have to uh, make that. That's on mine. I'll have to right. transfer that over. So I'll make that happen here soon. <sighs> so that's it. That's uh, most tasteless. The most original tasteless. CD. Well, we it's, we'll give closing thoughts. We'll save that for a final wrap up of, uh, like I said, tie up loose ends, full final thoughts, and all that. Yeah, we have uh, we have other stuff to talk about. We can't drag on this episode for too much longer because we've already gone right. over an hour. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll tie it up here just real quick. If you're following us on the socials, it's at Juggalo RWD. Find us on YouTube. Call us at 810-666-1570. Email us at JuggaloRWD at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, do all that fun stuff wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, you got anything else on renditions of reality, or are you ready to tie this up? Um, I don't believe so. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> ah. All right, this is Peter, that's Chris, and we will see you in the future on the Juggalo Rewind. Hey, uh, are you still here? What's going on? Why, why, are you, why are you still on the line? Uh, I, did, I didn't realize I didn't turn it off. I guess I was just hanging oh. out. Your, your mic's still some, on? Pouring out, some, pouring out some liquor for uh, the Fallen. Are you just uh, too lazy to turn off your mic? Yeah, well, I guess I'm too lazy to take my headphones off either because I'm still sitting here with them on. <laughs> That's true because when you touch them, shit goes crazy. All right, well, I guess if we're still here, maybe someone else is still listening, so maybe we should keep talking. What do you say? You got something else we can talk about here? Oh, I'm sure there's something we could discuss, right? Well, I, mean, I think think really went through five is. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we can't just talk about renditions of reality on the original Most Tasteless without talking about the hidden track. Talk about something that is just in the lore of this era of psychopathic. That, does anyone else do hidden tracks? Uh, I, I should go back. I'm sorry. I actually had this conversation with a bunch of our friends in a text recently about like where that era where like corn would have like the first 13 tracks were blank or someone had like 99 blank tracks. <laughs> I forgot like, about like that goofiness stupid too. shit. Uh, I'm not going to be able to find it, but our friend Brendan talked about how some albums you had to skip backwards from the first track and there was a hidden oh, really? track like zero so See, that's interesting yeah it's real weird technology but not so much in that era now we're talking like late 90s definitely psychopathic where we're dropping hidden tracks trying to drop little messages mm-hmm. um, this one was violent j telling you a fun story about now 
Chris, get your get your thing open, get your your tab ready for your Juggalo lore. Uh, the song, the the track, uh, the story is about a young man named Jack Picklebush. <laughs> <laughs> so, so add him to your canon of Juggalo history, and his three friends: Ron, Don, and John. Yeah, we got a lot of Juggalo characters on this one popping up that are going to make the list. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole family of them here. Uh, <laughs> As you may or may not know, Jack Picklebush, his friends called him Fat Sack Jack because his <laughs> ball sack, because we went a whole song without talking about dick and balls, was four times as big as normal. There once was a ninja named Jack Picklebush. He lived in the 313 area code. Now, this kid wasn't no ordinary ninja. Because his nut bag was four times the size of his head. Everybody in the neighborhood calls him Fat Sack Jack. It comes out that his friend John has two buttholes. So that's definitely something interesting that I wasn't expecting. (laughs) And uh, as you may uh, have already gone back and paused this episode and gone to listen to this because you haven't heard this in 20 years. The idea of Psychopathica was doing this was telling a quick story and throwing in little like numbers or something to get you, I guess in this case, was to um, call the Twisted Hotline. So, Yeah, is this uh, the debut of their hotline then, I'm guessing? <sighs> was it on? Psych- Psychopathic and ICP had their hotline. Correct. Time, so it'd be I fitting rem- that Twisted would have one. I can't remember if Twisted's was on their CD, like if it was in the liner notes or on the back, mm-hmm. or if, I, I don't know, that, I don't have it in front of me, so I couldn't tell you. Add it to the wrap-up. I was told at Astronomicon one year by Scotty D of Fago Lovers that this was not the original um, hotline number, because I use this as a trivia question on oh, yeah, trivia. Uh, and he's like that wasn't the original number and i'm like it was the number on fucking most tasteless so i don't know what to tell you it was the <laughs> one that i remembered off the top of my head 20 years later so um, the, uh was that the one that when blaze was reading it he like remembered the number like he had it, like memorized I, his brain was telling the story I, about them recording it in like jamie's garage and stuff I think so. Like, there's another callback that Astronomicon Juggalo trivia is always phenomenal for stories with Blaze. So, yeah, we you try to tee him up, and he usually always remembers something, or like, yeah, it always works out perfectly that you trigger something in his brain that he completely goes on his story um, for every question. It's phenomenal. Yeah, this year he went into stories about HOK playing in Ypsilanti. He was talking about, um, touring with was it with cottonmouth kings yeah getting like um, insanely high with kmk yeah <laughs> he's just he's a full of good stories like that so and this one the same thing uh purple show he always he's talked about how fun that was and i think mm-hmm. the same with the hotline like how much fun they had doing that so yeah they they've done this in the past or icp did it in the past so twisted picked up on this and throughout the story they dropped little you know, numbers within it, and you put those numbers together, and you got to call the hotline. So that was a, it's a fun little, you know, tidbit at the end of the CD. So uh, it was on the original, but not on the reissue. I wonder why that is. 
I'm guessing the hotline was still kicking at that point, right? You would think. Oh yeah, it went for years. Yeah. So I don't know. I wonder why, but definitely got cut. It's very sad. <laughs> it's funny though. I love those the the old ICP story. You said sort of fake characters, goofy shit. They say. <laughs> I love on this one. It's like uh, Madrox and Manhaka. Like, well, yeah, yeah, more like the old noises they make. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. Man, man, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is funny. Figure it out. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. Figure it out. Where'd he go? I ain't supposed to do it. Walk off. Figure it out. I don't get it. Where'd he go? Where'd that guy go that was telling that story? I'm gonna wait here, bro. Don't see what's going on. I don't know. I mean, what the fuck's going on? See you later. Um, I I haven't thought about this, and I have not pre-planned this, but I'm gonna call this number and see what happens. <laughs> see if anything happens on it. I'm going to. What's the uh? Star 67 blocks your number, right? I think so. Uh, so, 1-313-438-2812. It's a call. I don't know if you'll be able to hear this, Chris, but I'll put it up to the microphone here. <laughs> oh. Number as dialed is not valid. Please check the area code and telephone number and dial again. Oh. Well... That's not in service anymore. So. <laughs> it's now just used by Russian bots to like try to scam information out of you on your phones. <laughs> so next time you answer your phone and it's a Spectrum uh, cable <laughs> trying to look for something or AT&T or you know, your warranty on your car, maybe it's the Twisted Hotline number. You never know. <laughs> All right. Are you done with Jack Picklebush? Can we get out of here or are we uh, going to wax poetically more about this? No, we could get going. All right. This was, once again, the end of uh, episode 14, the end of the original Most Tasteless. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to everyone here again real soon. All music played in this episode and in this entire season is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. Season 1 of The Juggalo Rewind, Most Tasteless, has been produced and distributed with full permission from Magic Ninja Entertainment. Thank you to George, Mike, Dustin, and Twisted, and everyone at Magic Ninja for allowing us to do this podcast for you. Bring your love.